0: Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Well, welcome, Kenneth Freeman. He was head of innovation for Ambius. Many people know him from that. He set up his own consultancy focusing on workplace well-being through biophilic design now, and we're absolutely thrilled to have him here. So, Kenneth, many thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? As I said, a, a lot of people know you in the industry, um, obviously working with Ambius. You said you've been working with them for 25 years. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did for Ambius and, um, and then maybe what you're doing now?
1: My, my career, say, as you said, stretched for, for 25 years. When I joined the company, it was very much as a, a plant scientist. My background is in uh, horticulture and botany. So I joined the company um, essentially to do research into how to look after indoor plants in in commercial environments so i spent a lot of time looking at you know the best ways of, of caring for indoor plants um and one of the areas of expertise i have is uh, is on the sort of the, the botany and the horticulture side but more recently um I, I started looking into why we put plant plants into buildings uh what are the the genuine benefits of it? Um, is it to do with air quality which a lot of people um were were promoting way back in the the 1990s, or was it much more of a psychological thing? So I was involved in some academic studies um, with various uh, researchers at different universities over the time, looking particularly at things uh, like um, the the psychological impact of plants in buildings, how they make you behave, how they improve uh, well-being so things like you know, you know do they have an impact on stress do they have an impact on uh productivity that sort of thing and that, that's where my my interests uh really uh took me and um you know working with some very uh very good people in uh, in different places we, we came up with some you know some fascinating research that to me pretty much explains a lot of why we have this need to connect with nature and I think it crosses all sorts of different um, different disciplines it's not 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 straightforward by any means
0: and and what are you doing now I mean you sort of have your own consultancy now
1: it's fairly multifaceted I'm doing some work with interior design companies looking at um, how to use plants and biophilic design in offices the other areas that I, I, I will be um, focusing on is uh, looking at how new products and new technology can be brought in uh, to um, improve uh, well-being in the workplace that, that use plants in particular. And the other thing that I can do now, now that I'm, I'm no longer working um, exclusively for Ambius, is other interior landscaping businesses around the world. If there's anything I can do to help, um, you know, with, with, with them, whether it's from a sort of a deeply horticultural technical point of view or uh you know more to do with um sort of biophilic design and well-being uh, that, then i'll certainly be interested in, in working with them too so multi-stranded i suppose would be the, the thing
0: well it sounds really exciting especially looking at innovation in terms of like new tech and new products and and how you use plants um you know in in interiors um oh, absolutely again. And i didn't know your background was in botany and um, and horticulture i didn't actually realize that was your main um sort of background I've got a rubber plant here that I, I might send you a photograph of <laughs> <laughs> so, like why i'm what i'm doing wrong
1: i' <laughs> will certainly be happy happy to have a look but no that, that, that that's where my where, where the background is and i suppose that's what informs um very much a a, a scientific discipline to okay. uh, to to what i do I, i'm very much um Interested in the evidence base behind, um, you know, yeah. basically proving, uh, you know, the, the benefits of what we do. There is a, a fairly hefty um, evidence base behind the benefits of biophilic design, and and that's what I want to use to inform uh, the, the way that we go about it. I don't think it's just enough to, you know, put plants into buildings and say that's biophilic and that's going to have a massive impact. <laughs> I think you need to understand why what you're doing uh, has that sort of impact
0: i mean how did you first come across biophilia and biophilic design and, and why actually did it resonate with you so strongly
1: i was first introduced to it it must be a little over 20 years ago by a colleague of mine um uh, a gentleman called ken brewer who um, used to be um one of our technical managers in the united states he sadly died a few years ago he's a good friend of mine mm. and um it was in one of our um regular meetings I, I, I went, went to see him and we were talking about you know how do we persuade people to put plants into buildings I think at the time um, interior plants were going slightly out of fashion and we, we were trying to come up with some you know really good uh, arguments for the reasons why, why you need to put plants into buildings and he told me about um, Edward Wilson's Uh, book uh, and and um, the the ideas behind biophilia and I I sort of took it on board and 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 parked it a little bit this is say this is in you know the early 2000s the idea of biophilic design was still very much in its um, very early infancy and then a few years later again you know having conversations with with colleagues about why do we put plants into buildings it it suddenly clicked because it Explained a lot of the um, findings from the research I, I'd been involved in. I'd, we'd done some research into human responses to plants indoors. You know why why people responded to buildings differently with without uh, vegetation. Uh, some of the work that has been done on um, stress and recovery, uh, the work that Dr. Craig Knight had been doing on identity realisation and how, when you put plants into buildings or enrich spaces with plants or, or other elements, people do seem to um, uh, respond uh you know a lot more to it and then there was that research carried out in sort of the 80s and 90s the famous work by um, roger ulrich about um, hospital recovery uh, rates um and all of a sudden it just came together I was, and it's you know before we had a sort of a catalog of about 30 or 40 different benefits for having plants with no compelling narrative to explain why putting plants into buildings work it was just uh, it was just to say right put plants in buildings and you improve air quality or put plants in buildings and you reduce stress and so on and so on and so on and it just at the time it seemed quite incredible that you know this greenery could have so many benefits but when you then start bringing in the idea of biophilia that connection with nature all of a sudden that then provided a uh wrapper if you like around all of these benefits or a, a, say a way of of describing the benefits that made a lot more sense and then if you take it from a um an evolutionary perspective you know when you look back at where we've spent you know 99 percent plus of our our existence on this planet it does make a, an awful lot of sense yeah. so that that's where it came from and you know at more or less at the same time when when the company i worked for rebranded called itself ambius um our strap line at the time our slogan was stimulating the senses yeah. um we use that as a marketing uh tool it was just to say you know as, as a company we we put things into buildings that that touch uh you know as many of our senses as possible but when you consider that from a biophilic perspective again it makes perfect sense I mean that was just accidental that we had that um, slogan if you like Um, but when you start thinking about the the indoor environment and connection with nature that that's to me where where biophilic design comes in it speaks to our evolutionary past and the fact that our senses evolved to to help us function in a particular environment and if our environment isn't Um, like our natural environment, then we are going to be stressed or confused or we're going to have conflicting signals. Um, And and to me, that's what biophilia is is all about. It goes beyond that sort of emotional connection with nature uh, and starts talking about our our physiological um, needs, our sensory inputs, our, our evolutionary history sorry i've got a lot about that
0: <laughs> well no it's, it's it's really good as you say it's sort of connecting ourselves well to our evolutionary past i mean sort of just moving on to the actual design side of things um and sort of implementing sort of biophilia in a space you mentioned that biophilic design is there's there's more than just the sort of the stuff that makes up a design but it's more about the intent of the design can you explain a bit more about what you mean by that
1: if you're just putting stuff into into a building because it it, it looks nice it you know it might have all those biophilic elements you might combine all of those biophilic elements you know mm-hmm. the, the textures the plants the views the light the sound and everything like that but that could just be a collection of of stuff I think the intent is understanding why you're doing it the you know the purpose behind it is it there to create well-being is it there to make an environment that is healthy and engaging, or is it a vanity project that, that you can just put the stuff in and say look what I've done aren't I uh, aren't I a forward-thinking green designer <laughs> I mean the, the chances are you know if you do that you are going to have a a, a positive impact anyway mm. but to me I think to be biophilic to be you know genuinely biophilic to, to to, to create a human-centered um, uh, environment, you, you've yeah. really got to take into account what the what the human beings in that environment need and want. And I think the want is is important as well because um, I think a lot of designers think I know what biophilic design is. It is, you know, arranging things in this particular way. It takes into account the you know the 14 patterns of biophilic design that have been. Um, described in the past and you know i can do that i can put that in there but if you don't actually take into account the the precise needs of the of of the people in that particular space in that particular building then it is just a beautifully designed space but it might not be as good as it can be
0: how would you encourage designers or, or companies to actually to consult their staff so that the so this right so the design can be implemented in in the best way
1: i think consultation is exactly the right way of doing it and i think it needs to be um conversation you can always start off with surveys i mean surveys are very useful to sort of cite up you know the the the, the broader issues but i think if you take the time to actually talk to the end users in a in a building um and you know give them as much of the you know the final choices uh, as you can yeah you know, obviously there are going to be constraints over budgets there's going to be constraints over the, sort of the physical practicalities of the space that you're operating in mm-hmm. but um, if you actually have those conversations and and, and genuinely listen really include the, the the views of the end user in, in in the design and also get their confirmation before that design is is finally implemented then you have a much um, greater impact and then of course what you then need to do is 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 do your your post occupancy stuff or your post intervention stuff and not just once but continuously and keep those conversations going Mm -hmm. Um, because you know with the best will in the world you can you can design a space and you can you can install it and 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 have it set up and then something changes or people say you know what that isn't exactly what i meant Uh, and then, then you need to just tweak it a bit but I, I think the, the end user is the, most, is the most important thing and in, in office buildings in particular um, unless it's the, you know, the, the front of house public facing area you know the, the behind the scenes stuff as long as people can get on and do their job how they see fit they are likely to be pretty productive and if you're productive if you have a good sense of job satisfaction you, you're going to do your job very well I think where you have people who are, who impose management styles that impose too much discipline if you like on a you know too much monitoring too much micromanagement then you know no matter how beautifully designed the space is um you're not going to get the best out of people people are going to feel dissatisfied and, and, and relieved
0: yeah that's true enough i mean do you have an example of where uh biophilic designs really made an impact on a on a company or on a space and its people in particular,
1: I, I can give an example of, um, yeah, you know, th- of, of Ambius itself. From when, when I when I worked there a few yeah. years ago, um, uh, we we had um, an, an office in Paris, which um, there there was some fairly significant problems in terms of um, staff engagement. There, they people, you know, there was a high staff turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it, I think the office was formed as a result of merging um two or three individual branches and there was a you know a suspicion between uh between the various colleagues there, there wasn't a great deal of, of mutual trust or mutual respect mm. and um yeah we'd recently done all this research with with, with craig knight and uh we'd looked at various different uh, elements of biophilic design and the, and the local managers there um said right okay we're we'll test it out we'll, we'll try it and they they did they said right okay the downstairs of the building is a showroom so that will be you know designed uh, accordingly but upstairs where the offices are um this is your workspace and um you yeah, know in a nutshell they said right um you can have anything you like out of our our warehouse to decorate your space so any plants any containers any pictures any you know the corporate artwork that we rented anything that you find that you want in uh, that you want to, to decorate to enrich your workspace you can have you can set up your workspace the way you like and he gave each um each team of people i think 100 euros to spend in the local branch of ikea um to to get some you know other accessories you know tweak the furnishings and that sort of thing and they spent a a week putting it all together and um, as a result the the change in um, atmosphere in the place was was palpable though you know the engagement levels went through the roof and you know as a company like a lot of organizations do they do um, staff engagement surveys Um, and And you you could tell that, you know, staff turnover dropped, people started talking to each other, people started relating to each other a lot better. And that was a a genuine example of where um, biophilic design with that whole sense of engagement and empowerment um, came together and it was was hugely successful. Uh, There are, you know, other organisations that I've come across since then that have had similar uh, impact. But when it's done properly, it really does... Uh, work very well. There, there is a, a an organisation um, that that we worked with. I can't give their name. Uh, an organisation in London. It was, again, it was a result of a merger of two um, two organisations into one. And they, they had problems of um, engagement and um, s- mm. staff trusting management. Um, you know, there was a fairly high um, turnover and. and we, we again carried out a, a, a similar sort of project where we we used the principles of biophilic design, but it was a it was a guided design. We you know the final the absolute final decisions were taken by uh, the individual um, staff members. So we, we would go in and we talk talk to them about what was possible in terms of design, and we would create and we ask them what they wanted. We create. Um, mood boards or sort of ideas for them we go back and talk about it again and ultimately you know it, they would be the, the people were guided by a professional designer because obviously they know what's likely to work in terms of you know the physical space that you've got there the light levels the 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 pedestrian flow and, uh, and all that sort of thing but it was you know it came down to the you know the very final bef- before anything was implemented yeah, it was signed off by the by the staff. Not not even the management. You know, the management had sort of set um, you know things yeah. like the budget and any sort of corporate requirements, but the actual final design in each particular work area was down to the people themselves. And some people wanted certain things and some people wanted certain other things. Um, certain stereotypes were reinforced and some were 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 blown out of the water. It was really quite yeah. um, Quite, quite, interesting, but it 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 did work, and then we did follow-up surveys for for 18 months after um, the, the space was designed, just to make sure that everything was still working properly. And we measured, you know, f- for that particular organisation, their issue was over um, engagement. Mm-hmm. So we we designed surveys that that focused um, particularly on on levels of start of engagement and what's called things like corporate citizenship behaviors and you know the benefits were there and they were sustained over over time so it it does work but you need to bring you you have to you know when, when i talk about intent it really is making sure that people understand what it is that you're you're trying to achieve and you know your design for improving engagement might be different from what you do if you're trying to improve productivity or air quality for example
0: yeah i mean obviously was you know we're coming out of hopefully we're coming out of lockdown properly <laughs> mm-hmm. and whether we'll go back in it again or not i don't know but um obviously with this whole you know the sort of during the coronavirus pandemic we've all been working from home we've had a different Mindset. A lot of people have been able to get outside and um, and sort of engage with nature and just have a bit more freedom. Um, I mean, it's obviously, the future of the workplace is going to be um, an interesting debate, anyway. Um, but a lot of workplaces, I know, a lot of interior designers, I know, um, are already making implementations in 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 offices to kind of get ready, not just for social distancing, but also they've got to try and inspire their work stuff. You we know, you know, the work, you know, the workforce. Um, and help them focus as well come back to work you know um, and that engagement as you say can we sort of talk a bit about the reimagined workplace um, Mm. and and how do you think we should be using biophilic design in the workplace and, and what aspects do you think it can help the most?
1: I think biophilic design is going to be a lot about giving a sense of safety and security and calmness I think um that the i mean the pandemic is, has done all sorts of things in terms of our sense of um of what health uh what a healthy workplace uh, really means it's quite disturbing seeing some um looking at various sort of design websites or facilities websites and you see how unimaginative some designers some people have been they're, they're reimagining the workplace as being exactly the same as it used to be just with perfect screens between workstations and Ooh, I think that's that's horrendous um I, I think workspaces are going to be different i think a lot of people have experienced something quite um interesting by being allowed to work from home you know the fact that they can you know, flex their time a little bit. The, the fact that they can organise their workspace the way that they, the the way that works best for them. And you know, certainly some people are luckier than others. You know, it might just be the kitchen table for, for a lot of people, but a lot of people have been able to set up a, a good home working space. A lot of employers have facilitated that. And I think personally, I think the, the, the office is going to be very different in, uh, in in the future, I think it's going to be less about being the place where you go to do work, and it's going to be the place where you go to be creative and collaborative. It it's you know the the routine work that that people spend a lot of their time doing that doesn't have to be done in a a big corporate office probably won't be done in a big corporate office, and I, I think offices are going to be used much more for you know, slightly more social aspects of work, or all those times where you genuinely need to collaborate or cooperate face to face. So I, I think it, uh, workspaces are going to look quite a bit different. There's going to be a bit, you know, a bit of a different uh, purpose to them. I don't think they're going to be the, you know, the battery farms of yeah. of, of, of the past. And it's interesting seeing even the you know big organisations sort of questioning the the investment they've made in these vast city centre office buildings and they found that actually people you know people are being pretty productive working from home you know it doesn't work for everyone and not every job can be done from home but I think you know biophilic design in in the the new offices is going to be uh designed to enable people to be more you know creative and collaborative create zones i suppose yeah. or, or, or or areas that that stimulate stimulate you in different ways and i also suspect that there'll be a, a bit more biophilic like design in in home offices as well that there, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight to that you know the booming or interest in in-house plants and i suspect that um you know as organizations as companies facilitate homeworking by providing good IT equipment, good, you know, ergonomic desks and chairs, they may very well say, well, also let's, let's consider the enrichment of your workspace. You know, maybe there's going to be some scope for, uh, you know, corporate planting, you know, in, 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 a, in a domestic um, situation.
0: That'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think the main point that you've you kind of made is that actually the empowerment of the workforce and consultation of the staff um as you said if people are working from home they've been able to have that control that freedom to be able to say oh you know i want to have it like this and i want my you know my my intro over here and i want that light coming from over there and um yeah and um as you, you know to be able to incorporate some um, their own biophilic design as well in their home environment um and if that was encouraged by by, by companies it would be an interesting mindset shift i should think you know uh-huh.
1: Absolutely, and I think the, the key thing about biophilic design, you know, it's about that sort of um, love of life. You know, that's you know, that's what it what it really means. But it's it is it's a very personal thing because you know, whilst there is that overriding sensory requirement that you know you want you need lights in, in a particular uh, intensity and spectral range because that's what works best for us in the acoustic environment and the you know the whole range of different environments. But it's very much a, a it's about personal preference you know what works for me is unlikely to work for, for anybody else and and you know everybody has their own particular requirements and that's style of office design where particularly those places where you don't, don't didn't even have um, assigned workstations where you know every day you go in and you, you know there's somewhere else to work but it you know mm-hmm. it's all very impersonal it's you know it's where you have to sit for the next few hours rather than being your your, know your home in the office i suppose um you know that that's going to that that's going to change people people are now very much used to working in their own personal space and um you know what whilst they might miss interacting with colleagues and i'm sure a lot of people do um i, I think people are going to miss the, the actual fact that the, when they set up work in the morning it's how they left it the night before and it's how they want it, rather than having to sort of start up afresh every single day. Okay, this is my work, you know, my desk for the day. It's not where it was yesterday. Nothing nothing is, what, is as I expected It's clean and it's sterile. It might be spatially very efficient, but it's in some respects dehumanizing. And, and I think that you know, rehumanizing the workspace is something that the pandemic has has given us the opportunity to do.
0: Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.